that is greater than us? And the answer is yes. And it's probably the shortest answer so far in this catechism is simply yes. The memory verse for this question was found in Isaiah 55, verses 8 through 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Question two asks the question, what is our great God like? And the answer is that our great God is invisible, eternal, all-powerful, all-wise, and always everywhere at once. And the verse for that question was Job 40, verse 9. Have you an arm like God, and can you thunder with a voice like the His? The third question that we went over two weeks ago was, did God ever have a beginning, or will he ever have, or will he have an end? And so we talked about God's eternality and how he is outside of his creation of time, and he has no beginning, no end. With the answer, no, God is eternal, he always has been alive, and he always will be alive. The memory verse for that week was Revelation 1, 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And so we discussed God's eternality, that he is outside of his cre creation, has no beginning, no end, and we being finite creatures can have a hard time understanding that or even comprehending that. And that God is self-sufficient, that he did not need or he does not rely on anything, but he say, sustains himself. And so tonight we're going to be discussing if the Lord ever um, changes and if anything ever moves him to change or, can, or if he changes in any way. So the question for tonight, question four, is does the Lord ever give up, get tired, or change in any way? Does anybody have a, a guess on what the answer is? No, yes, that is correct. No, the Lord is unchanging. He's eternally great in every way. And so this question is building off of question three as the other questions build off of each other that out of his eternality he does not change and so God never changes and he has he always has and will be who he is he's unmovable or immovable he is not affected or changed by his creation and he is faithful to accomplish his plans and his purposes and we can trust and rely on God because he's consistent. He, we know that he is always the way he is. God's nature, his plans, and his actions do not change. And we're going to talk about that tonight as a theological um, idea 
or concept as God's immutability. And even though he is active and he has relationships with his creation, they, re they, do, not, they do not remain static. So even though there's things that change between the interaction between his creation and him, uh, he is not affected or changed. There's nothing about him that is changed by his creation. And we'll talk about his impassibility tonight. So with God's moral consistency, this guarantees us that his commitment to his unchanging principle, his unchanging attributes, that when he makes a promise or he has a plan, it stands and this brings us to a certainty. It brings us that we can trust in him and gives us hope. The memory verse for this question is found in Malachi, and it's the first half of Malachi 3.6. For I, the Lord, do not change. And when speaking about um, how God will give mercy to his people... He says, well, this is why. I'm the Lord, and I do not change. I promised this. I said that I would give mercy, and so I will give mercy. So I mentioned that there's going to be two theological terms we're going to go through tonight. And one of them is immutability, and the next is impassibility. And so immutability is God's freedom from change and his being the same at all times, past, present, and future. God is unchanging in his being, in his attributes, in his plans, in his purposes, and his promises. God does, however, act and feel emotions. God does act and feel emotions, and as he acts, and feels differently in response to different situations. So because of God's attribute or how he is just, he hates the wicked. Because he is merciful, he loves the brokenhearted and broken and contrite heart. Even though God is unchangeable, that doesn't mean that he doesn't move. God is active in his creation and interacting with his people. And so this idea that God does not change and he is unmovable is essential to God's deity, to his being God. God wouldn't be God if he was not perfect and he was not consistent. Because God has no, nothing to be, improve on. He has no, um, his wisdom cannot be any higher than it is. He has complete wisdom. He has complete love. He's perfect in every way. And so he has no need to change. This doesn't mean that he is immobile. God does act and his actions vary but they never go against who he is. And so when people 
act a certain way towards God, he will, that will, his actions will reflect who he is. As I said before, that he will hate the wicked, despise the wicked, but he'll, get, he'll give love and kindness to his people, those who he chose. And an example we can see in this is that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so God never changes who he is, what he is, what he plans, and what he promises. And so we're going to talk about these four different things about how God never changes and four aspects of that. God, God doesn't change what he is or his being. God is spirit, God is love, God is eternal. And all of these things, who God is, or what God is, doesn't change. God doesn't um, become alive and then die. His eternality is, shows that he is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. God's nature doesn't change. He is God, and he is eternal. He is holy, and he is just. He is love, and he is the spirit. And we can find this in Psalm 102, verses 25 through 27. Of old you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe, and they will pass away. But you are the same, and your years have no end. God's creation is much different than God himself. God's creation changes. There's the, God created the world, and the world will pass away. But he remains. God is eternal, and God does not change. And so the psalmist here is contrasting God from his creation, just as we are finite and God is infinite. James 1.17, when James writes about how every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above, he mentions that there is no changing, there's no variation or shadow due to change. Every good, and gift, every good gift and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. There's no aspect of God that changes. And so we can look at this verse and find hope, knowing that if it's a good gift, it's from God. And if it's good, and that, that he doesn't change. He doesn't start giving us bad gifts. But instead, we can look at the consistency that God doesn't change. Hebrews 13, 8, speaking about Jesus the writer of Hebrews says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. 
and Jesus being God manifest in the flesh, this, even though he went from being the word and being manifest in the flesh, he did not change who he was. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. And so Jesus, being uh, the son of God, manifest into the flesh, his character, his attributes, his being doesn't change. Isaiah 44, 6. The Isaiah says, the Lord says this. Thus says the Lord. The King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. God's immutability, his unchanging, how he is the only one who is never changing, shows that he is the only God. There's no other like him. He shows that through his eternality that he is God. And so God never changes what he is. God never changes who he is. And that's his attributes. We know that God is um, ever-present. He's ever-knowing. He's um, all-knowing. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. And so the attributes of God never change. God doesn't... um, gets surprised when something happens. God knows what is going to happen, and he actually decrees what's going to happen, and he, um, he knows everything through his sovereignty. Psalm 89, 2. For I said, steadfast love will be built up forever. In the heavens you will establish your faithfulness. God's love never changes as as the Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13 that love never fails and Paul says in Romans 8 that nothing can separate us from the love of God we know that these attributes of God and who he is can be trusted because it's consistent it's the same um, before the foundations of the earth, and it will be everlasting. Psalm 136, as it repeats over and over, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Verse 1 says, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. God's love remains. We know that he is faithful, and we can trust in him. And there's nothing that can move him, nothing can, that can change him from being what he is. Unlike us, how we're so fickle and that we're affected by our circumstances and we're affected by other people. We're easily changed and persuaded and we are double-minded often like waves tossed in the ocean as James says. But God is impassable. God's nature and his plans, his actions, they do not change. 
And even though he is active and he's interacting and he's um, interacting with his creation and having relationships with his creation, they do not change him or affect him where his character ever changes or his being never changes or his uh, way that he plans. His plans don't change. But so often our plans change. Impassibility is God's being not God's being cannot be changed or harmed by anything outside of himself. God can't be can't suffer because of an outside source. He cannot change because of an outside source. He cannot be um, his mind changed because of an outside source that would change anything of the way that he is. But however, his actions vary on how he acts towards men. And that's all based on how they, how we act towards him. And so, as I said before, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. That though who's, who rebel against him, he will punish and bring judgment. But those who turn to him and have faith in him and have uh, trust in him, he'll give grace. So this doesn't mean that God is incapable of feeling emotion either. God is often described that he feels joy, he feels grief, he has anger, that he pities, and that he has love. But that doesn't mean that he is changed or persuaded by anything outside of himself. All of these emotions are felt in a perfect way that is within his who he is as a holy, just, loving God. That his anger is righteous anger. And I understand that some of us try to make that excuse, well, I was angry, but it was righteous anger. But unfortunately, everything that we do or feel is tainted with sin. And so, as we were reminded in prayer time that we're to walk Humbly, we're to consider others as more important than ourselves. We often don't, and we're um, led to be selfish and focus on what, how other people are interacting with us, and that changes how we treat others. But God, out of his character and out of His who he is, it's all consistent he acts out of his own being and he is in relation to how he is how he is in relation to how his creation acts towards him his justice and love and this shows that he is consistent and unchangeable even more and so we might think or we might go to Genesis 6 or be questioned or asked well what about Genesis 6, when the Lord said that he regretted making mankind. 
So Genesis 6, 5 through 6 says this. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on, in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him to his heart. And so there's two things that I'd like to point out. One, that it says that the Lord regretted that he had made man and second is that it grieved him to his heart. Now, the Lord knew that the fall would happen. The Lord knew that man's heart was going to be evil continually. And verse 6 says that the Lord regretted that he made man. But this does not mean that God made a mistake or that he wanted to undo his creation. He didn't think, oh, well... I should try this again. But instead, this is expressing that God had disappointment and disapproval over man's rebellion. And this is a way that it is put into a language that we would be able to understand God's reaction to the sinfulness of man. And this is all part of God's plan, though, that his plan of redemption that although man fell, rebelled against God, that this is all for his glory, and that what he would use, uh, what man intends for evil, he'll use for good. And we also have to take into account all of Scripture, and not just take this verse by itself, but we have to look to other Scriptures to see, does God regret things, or does he change his mind? And Numbers 23, 19 says that God is not man, that he should lie, or son of man, that he should change his mind. As he has said, and he will not, as he has, as has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? When God says something's going to happen, it will happen. And what he says is true. God does not lie. God does not change what he thinks. Or he doesn't change what his plans are. So God never changes what he plans. Proverbs 19.21 says that many are the plans in the mind of man but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. God's plans have been planned since the beginning, before the foundations of the earth. And we see this in uh, Psalm 139, when David says that my days were all written out, that God knows and what is going to happen. God is outside of, his outside of time in his eternality and Everything happens according to his will. Ephesians 1, 3 through 5, Paul writes in his introduction to the letter, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, even as he has chose, chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless 
before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. And so God's plans never change. God's plans are never thwarted or never uh, derailed by anything we do. We can't change what God's plans are. And so this is a, a great hope that we have, that God predestined his chosen people before the foundations of the earth. And he knew us before we were even in our mother's womb. And he knew who would be his. And he knew um, that we would be conformed to his image. And so he has many promises that he gives us. He gives um, his people throughout time, including that uh, Eve's seed would come and bring redemption. That Abraham's seed would uh, fulfill the, that would, there would be many, that his offspring would be many, and that there is promises going all the way through, through these covenants. And so God never changes what he promises. And so we can look to the promises that he has and trust in them. We can look at Scripture knowing that Scripture is 100% true and it's God-breathed, that we can be sure about it, and it never changes. The grass withers and the flowers fade away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. We know that we can trust in his promises and that God's not going to change his mind or decide, well, no thank you, I'm going to change my mind no, I'm not going to give you the promise that I have made. The Lord is sure on his promises and covenants. Second Timothy 2.13, Paul is writing to Timothy and with a trustworthy saying, and he ends it with this, that if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. That when we look to ourselves and when we are not reliable when we're not consistent when we trust in ourselves rather than and we stumble we know that the Lord's right hand upholds us and that he cannot deny himself he cannot give up his promises that he has another promise that we can see in Paul's writings is Philippians 1 6 Paul saying that I'm sure of this thing that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And we know that if God has started a good work in us, if we have been born again and we're being sanctified, we can rest assured in this promise, in this assurance that God is going to continue to change us. And he does that in this way. Romans eight twenty-eight through 29. And we know that the, for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who he called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn of man, many brothers. And so 
although we go through trials and we go through things that are difficult, we go through things where we feel like when, see, we go by our feelings and we feel like God is not involved in our lives or God has forgotten us. As so many times we can read that in, in David's Psalms. And he cries out, incline your ear to me. When we feel that way, we can rest assured in the promises of God to know that he doesn't change. He doesn't change his mind. He doesn't change who he is. And that we can trust in him fully because he is consistently who he is. And he is unchangeable. Hebrews 6.18 says that so by so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have a strong encouragement to hold fast to a hope that is set before us. That there is a sure and steady anchor that we can look to the promises of God, we can look to the character of God, the being of God, who he is and what he has said, we can know that his plans, that he has plans for us, and they will not change. So, the question is, does the Lord ever give up, get tired, or change in any way? No, the Lord is unchanging, eternally great in every way. The Lord is not moved by us. The, the Lord is not persuaded or changed or suffer. Um, because of us, but instead he is who he is. He does not change. He's consistently who he is, and we can trust in him. Malachi 3, 6a. For I, the Lord, do not change. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, that we can look to you and look to your word to come to know you, to uh, know you further. Lord, I pray that you would sanctify us by your truth. I pray that you would increase our faith in you, that we would be able to hope and have joy knowing that you do not change, that you are the eternal God and we can trust in you, that your greatness is above all things, and that every spiritual blessing is bestowed upon us because you are who you are. Not because of anything we have done or anything that we could do. But by your love and your mercy and your grace, you allow us to come to know you. I pray that you would draw us near to you and let us be aware and know that we can have a Hope in you, knowing that you do not change. I pray this on Christ's name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us in person, and thank you for joining us online. Have a great evening.